Welcome to the Empowered Patient Podcast, where we discuss real, fad-free, and research-guided information about your biggest nutrition, health, and lifestyle questions to empower you on your unique health journey. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, JD. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Empowered Patient series. Today, we're diving into a, I think, a great topic, and that is, I can't meditate, or meditation just isn't for me. I'm not a meditator. So I want to dive into that topic, and maybe, if you are feeling that way, help you reframe it or see it from another angle, and encourage you to try the wide variety of different techniques that are out there. But first, I just want to check in on last week's topic. So we talked about chronic stress and behavior change and neuroplasticity and that we are capable of changing our patterning. And that's sort of a common theme that's going to come up in a lot of these videos. So I just wanted to check in and see how that resonated for you. Um, See if you experienced any ah ahas with it. Um, If you've tried the exercise that I walked you through and how that went for you, I would just love to hear from you. So please um, comment below or you can always reach out to me, um, direct message me on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. You can message me on Facebook and you can also always send me an email, jdingles at gmail.com. So I love to hear from you all. Okay, back to the meditation conversation. So I recently had this conversation with a client and it comes up all the time with friends and family and they ask, okay, so you're focused on reducing stress and you're doing that actively in your life and that's what you help clients do. So what are the tools that you use or what can I use to reduce stress in my life? And while there are many, many, many ways that we can reduce stress in our daily lives, the one that I come back to again and again and again in my own life and in work with clients is meditation. So I say the word, the M word, meditation, and oftentimes I see a tensing or sort of a face and they might say, oh, meditation, yeah, I tried that. I don't think I'm good at it or I don't think it's for me. And when I probe a little further, usually um, what I get is the idea that to them meditation means that you should be able to sit completely still and comfortably and to feel completely zen. And when you sit down to meditate, the mind just turns off somehow and it's completely empty and it's just this zen blissful experience. So I just want to ask you all, what do you think of when you hear the word meditation? Is that where the mind goes? Does it associate with um, a feeling of zen or seeing someone sitting on a meditation pillow, all graceful and calm and peaceful? Do you think of a holy person? What comes to mind for you? So I like to continue that conversation and just chat about these misconceptions because I know from my own practice and from what my teachers have taught me that that emptying the mind and being completely still and zen is not the experience most of us have with the practice of meditation. If we were already there, why would we be practicing, right? So I think sometimes this goes back to the history of where meditation comes from and the fact that there were groups or tribes of people who dedicated their lives to this pursuit of enlightenment. And so most of us aren't dedicating our whole lives to it in that way. We're not going to live in an ashram or in a temple or in a cave off by ourselves doing these practices for hours and hours each day and really going to those deep, deep dive contemplations. For many of us, we're just dipping our toes in the water to see if we might experience a little bit less stress in our day. 
to see if we can become a little bit more aware of our patterns, to see if we can become a little bit less reactive. So that's sort of where I'm coming at it from. And the, the approach to meditation that I take with my clients is one of just sitting down, finding a comfortable seat, whatever that looks like and feels for you that day, and completely being with yourself and all that's present, allowing the external environment and noises and sounds to be there. Maybe there's a TV on in the background or you hear sirens on the street or you hear a dog barking, allowing that to be there and allowing the flurry of internal sensations arise, whether that be a sort of sensation in the body somewhere or some physical discomfort or maybe some thoughts or beliefs are coming up for you and those feel uncomfortable just holding the grounded space to be with all of that and not react or respond or distract or numb out as we might normally do so you can maybe see why the body and especially the mind might have some resistance to a meditation practice it is big it's very simple very easy to sit down and do, but not so easy once we get into it because if you've noticed like I have, there's often a lot there. There's a lot of thoughts flurrying through the mind. There's a lot of stories and beliefs that we've cultivated over a lifetime. And so being still and holding space for all of that to move through can feel pretty big. And it is. I don't want to um, create any illusions about that. However, it is approachable, it is accessible for most all of us. And if we reframe meditation to be that, to just be a practice of being with what is and being in a present moment awareness with what is, there's so many options available to us. So maybe for you it feels most in alignment to go for a walk in nature by yourself. No podcasts, no music, just completely being with yourself and the walking and the breath. Or maybe that looks like at the beginning or the end of every day, just finding a quiet space in your home or in your car or another um, calm environment that you frequent and just being present, just checking in for a few moments with what is. And maybe from there it expands out, but we can start there. So if I've got you curious and you're interested in giving it a try, there are a few things I want to offer you or a few recommendations that I would make. One of them is to dedicate a space that you're going to return to consistently, ideally daily, to do your practice, to do your sit or your walk or even lie down. So that might be on the floor right next to your bed. That might be in a room in your house where you can close the door and find some space. That might be sitting in your car parked, of course. Um, it might be sitting on a park bench near you. So if ideas are coming to mind, write them down and dedicate one space to it being your practice space. Next, set up a consistent time that you're going to show up. That might be first thing when you wake up, you're going to do it for a minute or maybe three minutes to start with. Or maybe it's at the end of your day or on your lunch break. Just looking at your daily schedule and what feels realistic for you right now set up a time that you're going to show up for yourself for this practice. And again, starting with one to three minutes. Now life does unfold and some unexpected things can come up. So for this, I would recommend coming up with an option A and an option B. And then as the day unfolds, choosing either option A or B, depending on what's going to work best for you that day. That way it doesn't feel like that way the mind, I guess the critical mind, the judgmental mind can't get in the way and say, see, you can't do this. It's just 
oh, I'm choosing this option today. Show up consistently. That's most important. More than the time that you're doing it, more than some advanced techniques, you're simply just sitting down, checking in, being present with everything that is consistently, ideally on a daily basis. And to do this, one other recommendation I would give you is to set a timer. So oftentimes the mind is, it's not used to slowing down. It's not perhaps used to being present without any distractions. And so it's gonna feel uncomfortable at first. The mind might start racing, it might come up with all these reasons why you need to get up from your mat right this instant. You might think you need to call somebody, email somebody, write something down. There's, gonna come, there's all kinds of distractions that the mind can come up with. And a really common one is, what time is it? How much time have I been doing this? How much time is left? So what I would recommend is setting a timer. You can set it on your phone, put your phone in airplane mode and set the timer for however much time you're gonna dedicate to it and just trust that the bell will ring. It might feel like an eternity, even 30 seconds can feel like an eternity at first, but let that be one less distraction. And then finally, just know that there's no such thing as a good or bad meditation. This is a teaching that many of my teachers have repeated for me in my practice, but um, one that comes to mind for me is in practicing with Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith at Agape, he says that, of course, there's no good and bad meditations, but also often the meditations that we think are bad because thoughts are coming up and we're feeling all this discomfort in our bodies and it just feels really uncomfortable for the whole practice. We can't seem to get into a groove of peace. But that's actually a really good practice, a really deep one, because we're unearthing all these subconscious thoughts and beliefs and body patterns and releasing them. So if we can just stay the course, if we can just breathe through it and not react to these circumstances, that is deepening our practice. So I wanted to offer you that little inspiration as well if you've experienced a seemingly bad meditation. Most of us do. So those are the recommendations in getting started. And as you notice, it's really just sitting down and being with the breath. I recommend starting with awareness of your internal and external environment and then anchoring into the breath. What I mean by that is once you sit down and find your seat or you lie down and you find a comfortable position, just become aware of the breath moving through you. And there's two spots that you can do this. You can pay attention to the breath coming into and out of the nostrils. You can also pay attention to the belly expanding on the inhale and drawing in toward the spine on the exhale. The reason that I recommend starting with the breath is this. One, you're already doing it anyway. You've had years and years and years of practice with breathing. It's automatic. It's, you're going to be doing it anyway, so why not use it as an anchor? Two, the way that we breathe has a massive impact on our stress levels and um, holds the key really to turning on our rest and digest or parasympathetic nervous system. Just three minutes of deep intentional breathing can turn our bodies from fight or flight to rest and digest. So it's a pretty powerful tool. Next, it's always going to be there. So it's gonna be there when we experience massive stressors, it's going to be there when we feel really sad, when we feel really angry. In all those instances where we want to react, the breath is there. And so if we can first train ourselves to pay attention to the breath in a calm environment, relatively free of distractions, it's more likely that we're gonna be able to tap into that in those moments where we feel especially triggered. 
So those are some of the reasons why I start with the breath. And I want to reiterate, iterate and reiterate that doing this practice is enough. It's a lifetime worth of insight and becoming aware of our thoughts and what's driving us to just sit and be present with the breath. You really don't have to have any more advanced techniques. This is the practice that I return to daily. It's the practice I especially rely on in times of challenge. You might be surprised at how profound it can be just to sit without distraction and to be with what is anchoring back to the breath. Each time you feel distracted or a thought arises, you let it be there. You don't need it to be different and you come back to the breath. That's the practice. However, in working on specific things in my health journey and working with clients with specific health issues, I might incorporate some other techniques and some of them include maybe some ambient sound. Maybe that's really calming to your nervous system and you want to turn on some white noise while you practice. Perhaps you're a very visual person and so having a guided visualization is very helpful for you to focus in on your internal experience. Maybe affirmations are really powerful for you and so there's something that you want to repeat like, I am relaxed, I am spacious, I am vibrantly healthy. If any of these resonate with you, you can incorporate them into your practice. And then for clients who deal with chronic pain or tension headaches, there's a technique that I like to use called um, progressive neuromuscular relaxation. And there's an active form and a passive form. So for those who feel sort of distant from their bodies, they don't feel really in tune with them, they're used to just pushing and forcing through no matter how their body feels, and they're not really used to checking in and noticing what's there anymore, I might use the active form. And in that way, we scan through the body, muscle group by muscle group, and we actively tense those muscles so that we can sort of make a mental note of what tension feels like, and then we release them so that we know what relaxation feels like. And this can help us release patterns of holding in the body. So if you're someone who tends to clench your jaw, Doing this practice of clenching and then releasing can teach the body, train the body to release that tension. Similarly, if you tend to hold your shoulders up like this, or if you're at a keyboard all day, um, you can learn to teach the body what it feels like to be tense, and then also what it feels like to relax the shoulders. Same thing with clenching the abdominal muscles, clenching the glutes, crossing the legs and squeezing the thighs. There are many common patterns of tension holding in the body. So that's the active form. The passive form is something that I use with patients who are already very sensitive to their pain or discomfort, or maybe they come into a session having a migraine headache, for example. So I don't want to increase the tension by actively creating it in the body. Rather, we scan through the body in the same muscle groups, but rather than squeezing, we just notice the tension that's there and give it permission to release whenever it's ready. So it's just like it sounds like a more passive form of practice. So those are some additional techniques that you can add to your toolbox down the road. But again, sitting consistently at the same time every day in a comfortable way and just anchoring back into the breath as the waves of thought and sensation arise and fall, that's really all you need. That is the basis of the practice. So I would love to hear from you. Has this changed your mind about meditation in any way? Maybe taught you something new that you didn't know about meditation before? 
to any of the other stress reduction techniques that I shared with you, like ambient noise or visualizations or progressive neuromuscular relaxation sound interesting to you and like you'd want to try them? Would it be helpful for you to have a guided practice? These are all things that I would love to hear from you about um, because I want to support you on your journey. So if it would be helpful for you for me to guide, to create a guided practice and lead you through it, I'd be happy to do that. In fact, I've already created some guided meditations and um, body scan visualizations. So if that's something that you're interested in, please comment below, please subscribe to the channel, and please feel free to reach out to me. You can reach out to me again on Instagram, on Facebook, or email me at jdingles at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you, and until next time, hoping that you breathe just a little deeper and that you give this practice a try. Bye for now. That's the end of this episode. Continue to stay informed and empowered by subscribing to the show and please rate it on iTunes. Stay connected with JD by following her on Instagram and Facebook and visit jdangleswellness.com to receive regular messages and free gifts from JD and to stay up to date on all empowered patient happenings.